Win stacks of cash by entering the 150K Crack the Code giveaway. Brought to you by your local paper, now through July 14th. Look for the code on page A2. Then visit 150kgiveaway.com and submit your entry. You could win the grand prize of $100,000. Grab the paper every day. Get the code on page 2A and improve your chances to win tons of weekly cash prizes. Visit 150kgiveaway.com for details. blast shatters the dark frosty morning of February 22nd, 1912, on East Broadway Street in Alliance. Rousted by the explosion, residents find measured destruction. The porch of a house is blown to splinters. The blast also shatters the windows of two saloons, a meat market, a bakery, and a fruit stand. Broken glass litters the frozen ground. The house, meat market, and bakery belong to Joseph Coretta, a respected Italian merchant in Alliance, and he has no doubt who to blame. The Black Hand has been trying to extort money from Coretta for two months. The early morning bomb has just upped the ante. It would seem a good time to keep one's head down, but Joe Butera, an Italian with a shady past and his own reasons to hate the Black Hand, comes to Coretta's aid. The Black Hand has tried to kill Butera at least four times, and in helping Coretta, Butera makes himself an even bigger target for death. Welcome to Tales from the Rep Morgue, the podcast that explores the Canton Repository's 200-year-old archive. I'm your host, Shane Hoover. In this series, we're telling the story of Joe Butera, an Alliance man who is hunted for a decade by the assassins of a Black Hand gang, or at least someone who wants him dead. Immigrants, especially Italians like Butera, face prejudice when they arrive in the United States. Their cultural and social isolation, including a reluctance to trust police, also make them targets for extortion by their countrymen and Black Hand gangs. Only when police develop reliable contacts in Italian-American communities and convince Black Hand victims to testify can they try to prosecute the criminals. Part 1. Congratulations on your marriage. A letter arrives at Joe Coretta's home on November 16, 1911, with explicit instructions. He is to take $5,000, wrap the cash in a newspaper, and walk to the railroad tracks around midnight on November 21st. He must carry a white handkerchief in his hand and give the money to a man wearing a red bandana around the neck. The demand is shocking. Five grand back in 1911 is worth more than $120,000 today. But Coretta is a ripe target. He's an immigrant and a businessman, and two months earlier he married the daughter of a wealthy Italian couple in Ravenna. 
Coretta takes the letter, written in Italian, to the police. The cops have an officer stand in for Coretta. He goes to the railroad tracks at the specified time, while another officer watches. No man with a red bandana appears. Maybe the crooks know it's a setup, or maybe the cop goes to the wrong tracks. That it was a black hand effort to extort money is not questioned. That it failed in its purpose is equally as certain. The Alliance Review, November 22, 1911. But the black handers don't give up that easily. They send another letter demanding Coretta bring the money to a train station on Mechanic Avenue. Alliance police stake out the station and see two men waiting, but Coretta doesn't arrive on time and misses the connection. After Coretta ignores a third letter, the Black Handers plant the bomb. Part 2, when we come back. Part 2, Roundup. Coretta gets a fourth letter after the bombing. It says the attack was a warning, and if he doesn't pay this time, he will be killed. Police Chief Richard France jumps into action. Thanks to the post office, he has the help of three Secret Service agents. The federal agents are brought in because the criminals are using the mail to extort money. The agents are powerful weapons. David Myers, co-author of Ohio's Black Hand Syndicate, The Birth of Organized Crime in America, explains. What you have to keep in mind is during this period of time, there wasn't a whole lot of detective work going on. There were only two agencies in the United States that were authorized, basically, to, to follow up on anything, you know, to cross state lines and things. And that was the Secret Service and the postal inspectors. Everybody else was kind of confined to their area. France and the Secret Service men start arresting suspects in early February. It was reported in police circles that the ringleaders of the gang of alleged blackhanders, thought to have been maintaining headquarters here for some time, were at least in the power of the authorities. Repository, February 4, 1912. Among the six men arrested are five Italian merchants, according to the repository. If they are behind the extortion and the bombing, it won't be the first time businessmen have tried to cripple their competition. The alleged ringleader is Raphael, or Ralph, Villella, the owner of a macaroni store. Police say he has led a gang throughout northern Ohio. He's also from Butera's hometown in Italy. Chief France predicts the arrest will clear up bombing cases in Youngstown, Sharon, and Cleveland. Along with the men, police seize a revolver, dynamite, and a so-called Black Hand ritual book. The book says the group's symbol is, quote, a circle of blood in a golden cup, and it sets out commandments. Members should always travel in threes for mutual protection. Carry weapons so that you may beat, but not be beaten. Members who give away secrets of the society shall be struck in the heart three times with a stiletto. But few witnesses are willing to give information, 
and four police officers guard Coretta's house each night. Terror prevails among law-abiding Italians of Alliance as a result of the Black Hand raids. They are supposed to have furnished information and urged authorities to break up the society in Alliance. Repository, February 6, 1912. Part 3, when we come back. Part 3, Getting Even. If Butera hasn't helped police build their case against the Black Handers, someone thinks he has. The papers report that Butera, who claims to have once been in a Black Hand gang, gave Alliance police much of the information that led to the raids and arrests. Butera denies the reports, but later stories even refer to him as a special policeman. Black Hand rules say snitches must die. But instead of stabbing Butera in the heart, the recently arrested suspects file criminal charges against him. And one of those complaints reveals another reason someone might want to kill Butera. Adultery. Dynamite suspect G. Atanasio files the adultery charge from his jail cell a couple of days after his arrest. He also accuses Butera of blackmail. Atanasio owns a fruit store in Alliance, and is a former Catholic priest who claims to retain some clerical powers, which doesn't go over well with the local church. Atanasio also is a critic of Americanized Italians, such as Coretta. Atanasio says Butera has a wife back in Italy, and the woman with whom he lives is actually married to another man. It's a shocking claim and not the only complaint against Butera. The wife of Ralph Valella, the accused Black Hand ringleader, also accuses Butera of blackmail. Alessandrina Valella claims that almost three years earlier, Butera came to her home and demanded $200. When she didn't pay, he sent a man to slash her face. The problem is, her testimony is contradictory, and her husband, Ralph, tells the court he doesn't recall anyone slashing her face. Both blackmail cases are tossed out, and Atanasio is charged with perjury for his blackmail accusation. But the adultery case is sent to probate court. The papers don't say what happened. But Michael Dickey, Butera's great-grandson, says it's possible Joe and Rosina's relationship had a shady past. Very possible. I, I heard a story that my grandmother had actually been, my great-grandmother, I'm sorry, had actually been married in Italy, left her husband there or something. As for the bombing case, the charges against Valella and others are dropped. Atanasio sues the police for false arrest. Life in Alliance goes on. Coretta gets another black hand letter later in 1912 shortly after Butera survives being shot in the head. The Black Hand, whoever it is, is still in town. Thanks for listening to Tales from the Rep Morgue. And special thanks to our voice talent for this episode. Stan Myers, Bob Rossiter, and Tim Botus. Our theme music is Blind by Maidon. Other songs in this episode were... Blue Feather, Fun in a Bottle, 
Reign Supreme, Trio for Piano, Violin, and Viola, Darksyland, and Sneaky Snitch, all by Kevin McLeod. You can check out the show notes and listen to other podcasts at cantonrep.com. Next time on the conclusion of The Nine Lives of Joe Butera. Hello, Joe. Aren't you dead yet? Well, you soon will be.